We all long for deep and rich connections with our spouse, but many times busyness sets in. External circumstances kind of make it difficult for us to connect, and it might be hours, days, even weeks, or maybe even in really bad situations, months, before you two can sit down and have a meaningful conversation. What if I told you that asking your spouse some simple questions might actually reignite that emotional connection? We're going to talk about that today. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They're in charge of our marriage team here at Focus on the Family, and uh, they talked with Jim Daly and me uh, recently about some practical ways to regain connections with your spouse. You suggest there are four significant conversations. This is where you want everybody, the pen and paper, um, that spouses need to have those con- those four core conversations. What are they? Yeah, people when they say we just need better communication, well, that that involves <laughs> that a lot of important. We're talking conversations. to husbands here, right? One of them we call small talk, and people often poo poo that one, like oh, that's that's at a surface level. Not small e talk, just yeah. small talk. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when we're just checking in. How'd your day go? What's going on? Here's the weather. What's the? It's just it's small talk. What it does is it creates a small connection without the exhaustion of the deep emotional connection. Yeah, and then that the, small talk. there's a work talk, and that's more, you know, the business of running the family, the administration of the family and the marriage. And, of course, that's important. We need to do that. We need to look at our budget and our finances and our schedules. But, again, a marriage can't exist only on that. Mm, that is so good. Yeah, and then there's going to be times where we hit conflict, so we've got to work through the conflict. So we just call that problem talk. So there's some issue that we need to work through, and that's important. Instead of sweeping problems under the rug, let's deal with it. Here's what we've noticed. Here's the problem. Those three, small talk, work talk, problem talk, those happen naturally. You actually really don't need to force those to take place. This is a normal part of being in a relationship. But if that's all you're doing, you are killing your marriage. Well, you guys are counseling lots of people. How much, percentage-wise, how much of a percent are couples just locked in those locked kinds in those three. of communication? Yeah, what we find, 85 to 90%. I mean, think the, of that. I know. That's a ton of time. But the thing is, is usually they sit back and they're shocked that that is what they're doing. They don't even realize what they're doing because, like Greg said, those three happen spontaneously. But the fourth one is the one that you have to intentionally pursue. And that's that life-giving heart talk, the deeper level talk. And if you, you don't do that, then, you know, it's, if you don't pursue it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Let me ask you, it's so obvious. You see it in the research. You've described it. You've put labels on it. And yet our tendency in our humanness and our brokenness, I would say as a Christian, we lean that way yeah. in the unhealthy direction, or I should say the less productive direction they're know? they're needed those other types yeah, of they're communication needed. they're important but they're they, not life-giving they don't bring life yeah, yeah. and that's the and difference. they're also not as vulnerable so they're not risky they're pretty safe you well know, that's we... getting to the question which yeah. is why why do we go to the easy stuff and we don't do the other stuff that is the stuff that the lord would want us to talk about it's more vulnerable and it also takes intention And I think we don't understand that when we're dating and we're engaged, we are doing that naturally because we're so locked in and focused. And then we train each other that, well, maybe it's not so safe to go to those deep places because maybe it's going to lead to conflict and disconnection. One of the number one human needs that we have is we long to be known and to be valued and connected. 
And so it's it's vulnerable. There's a lot at risk. And so to recognize that if we build the safe place in our marriage, that we can intentionally go there. And the awareness of we need to intentionally go there. We sure. did it all the time as we pursued each other wholeheartedly. There is no autopilot. We've got to continue to pursue each other at that level. Yeah. Now, you have developed four questions you ask each other, and I'd love to post those on the website so people can go. Because when I looked at all the content material, these really, they hit me and reminded me that I need to do this, frankly. Speak to those four questions you ask each other. Yeah, the point of the four questions was when I realized that that we had to be intentional to have this life-giving conversation, then I kind of went, Okay, so how would I really do that? Like, what what does that mean? So I just asked Aaron. I said, okay, if if, if I'm going to explore your inner life, so whatever's going down a little bit deeper, what, what could I ask you that would be meaningful? And instantly she goes, oh, I got four. Ask me how I'm feeling. So how am I doing emotionally? Okay. Ask me how things are going between me and our children, but not from an administrative standpoint. A relational standpoint. A relational standpoint. Um, her female friendships are very important to Aaron. So she said, ask me how things are going between me and my girlfriends. And then this last one I love, she said, ask me one thing that God's been teaching me as of late. Well, I tell you what, I have locked those into my brain. So anytime that we're, you know, commuting to, uh, you know, a kid's practice or sitting in a, in a, the stands, you know, as they're playing or at dinner time or wherever, I'll just ask one. Okay. Then you have mm-hmm. to listen. Well, that's yes. that, that if you is don't, implied. you're in big trouble. Yeah, and the propensity is to want to fix it if there's a problem or, you know, let's delve into, you know, if we did A, B, C, and D, well, then that wouldn't be happening. You wouldn't feel like that. But it's just recognizing you're just listening yeah. and trying to understand and caring about what they're going through. Well, as guys, yeah. we need a goal. So here's the goal. So I ask her those questions simply to stay updated yeah, that's good. in what's going on in her life. I want to stay current. No, that's good. Now, Aaron, you have four that are different from yes. Greg's that you ask him. Yeah. What are they? Yeah, because if I started with how are you feeling, he might just go blank and... Fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and the point is, <laughs> yes. you, you create okay. any. Yeah. What's going to work in your yes. marriage? And but these are good ones. Yes. Yeah, so I'll ask him when he, when he comes home after a long day, um, we'll sit and we'll have our 10 minutes together. You know, what was the high of your day? Okay, what was the low of your day? You know, what is what is stressing you out? What John is it? Fuller's name comes up a lot. No, <laughs> this is good. I like this. What is really, you know, weighing heavy, stressing you out at work and at home? And again, my goal isn't to fix it or to try to make it better. It's just to listen and to care and to know what's going on inside of Greg, as well as what's God teaching you right now. We're both, you know, into different things during the day, and God is speaking to us through so many different modes, and so it's fun to hear what God is teaching Greg. No, that is really good. And and (laughs) let me, and and again, remember, it started with me asking her to really get to know you, what would be meaningful to you to have me ask on a regular basis? So, I mean, these are not prescripted, like, these are the four you need to ask. Yeah. As a matter of fact... And let, we should put these on the show notes, which I'm now doing John Fuller's okay. job. So, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. <laughs> but we, we have created, though, like hundreds and hundreds yeah. of questions that couples can ask. Mm-hmm. And you can link into that, download it. I've put these on my cell phone. 
So under the notes, you can carry a copy in your car. I mean, get a little PDF. So we, we've got hundreds that will prompt as you look through them what would be several that are meaningful. Yeah, I mm-hmm. print those off daily for couples. I'm like, here, you're not talking. Take these. Start here. See which ones work for you. Because a simple little question can lead to such a deep, in-depth conversation. So those are some great conversation starters mentioned by Greg and Aaron, and uh, I've heard those before. I use them often. I try. Instead of talking at, I try to ask questions for Dina. Sometimes she gives me the sideways look like, what are you after? <laughs> no, just, you haven't asked that? What? That's random. I don't know. Greg told me I don't to know. I just heard this. it from Greg. I'm just trying to be, you know, intentional. Call so, him up. Aaron, that, that fourth question that was referenced there in that clip, what is God teaching you? Now, I got to tell you, that makes Dina lean in. That just brightens her eyes. That's like, I'm so glad you asked. You've experienced, I'm sure, that same kind of thing. Tell us about it, and why does that question mean so much? For me, as a believer, I know when Greg asks me that question that he is longing to know, or he's at least curious about what is going on for me at the deepest level of my soul. Because you think about my faith and what is God teaching me, that's an intimate, deep vulnerable thing. And he's asking me about it. And it does. It just ignites me. Because you think about when you guys talk about when a couple talks about spiritual things, what God is teaching me, a it brings that spiritual connection. But B, it also helps you to stay updated on what's going on. What are the challenges? What is God teaching you usually leads to where I'm being most challenged. Mm-hmm. How would you answer that right now? You know, it's interesting when you said that because <laughs> I, started, I started thinking. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, Greg asked me. He said, he said, be ready to answer that. And so I was like, oh, sheesh, like two minutes ago he told me that. <laughs> and so, you know, what I have, it, I've been studying the book of Matthew. And it was interesting just in the first opening statements and in the first opening verses, it talks about the lineage of Jesus. And for me right now in this season in our world, in our culture, just of uncertainty and so much going on, Matthew wrote that because he was saying, this is the lineage of Jesus. This is why Jesus is, has his, the right to the throne. And for me, it was that that was the plan all along Mm. for Jesus to be on the throne and that what's going on right now, it's not out of control. It feels out of control, but for me, it's just that God is sovereign Mm. and that I can rest in that. That's what God is teaching me. So Greg, you asked her the question just a couple of minutes ago. I watched Aaron just kind of light up and get (laughs) energized. There's something really awesome about that. Yeah. And it's funny. We're talking about how does that question kind of impact a marriage and for me, even hearing that, again, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that that's what's been going on in her life. Did you know I was studying Matthew? Um, yes. I, you know, I know you He told me that. Yeah. He sent me a text earlier and said, <laughs> no. hey, Aaron's studying Matthew. <laughs> I yes. did not know that, <laughs> yeah. which is the point, yeah. is that you were saying, Aaron, that it, it's a way to keep current and updated. But something else, when you said that, there's a way in which when couples talk about, here's what God is teaching me. Like for me... Um, yeah, I was going to ask you yeah, the question, too. It, it, it's interesting. We don't that, have time. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's teaching me about not interrupting okay. your colleagues. But anyway, you can do that. But he yesterday, um, we had a in the marriage team, we had a guest come in and just share a devotion. And earlier that morning, I was working out and listening to some Christian radio. 
they were talking about, you know, that verse that talks about we should give thanks in all situations. What does that look like? How do you do that? Is that hard? And I was just hearing people give testimony to what that looks like. The guy comes in to do the the devotion. That's exactly what he talks about. And so I just went, okay, God, what are like you? Obviously, I've heard that twice now in the span of like three hours. Am I not grateful? Am mm-hmm. I not giving thanks? It just it caused me to go, hmm, I wonder what God is up to. And and yet hearing Aaron talk about that, you know that Old Testament concept of the Ebenezer? It's an Ebenezer stone. It's called the stone of help. It, it was a reminder that of God's ever-present help. They yeah. would stack the stones mm-hmm. as kind of a monument to him, recognizing how he shows up. Hearing Aaron even talk about, look at the lineage, and it was evidence that all along he's supposed to be on the throne in our crazy world. You know, God's still on the throne. And there's a way in which hearing her gives me hope. And it's just a good reminder that, yeah, you know what, God is in control. And so I think that's another part of the the benefit is you hear what your spouse is kind of wrestling with, whether it's gratitude or just the lineage of, of Christ. There's a way in which that's just a reminder that God is ever present in our life. He's always working. Yeah, and, and so this entire conversation uh, bounced off of the question, what is God teaching you? And I just watched you two demonstrate what that can do in a relationship. I mean, now you're hugging on her, and I, she's not. No, she, you're we, not. We but. need a break <laughs> yeah. so we can be But it, it's a really a neat moment. demonstration of what the question does and how to work that out. It doesn't. It's not like you have to go into some right. super deep thing, but no. hey, this is what God's been teaching me. And, and I noticed I didn't have an answer. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why I was reminded about gratitude. Yeah. But yeah, it's a cool thing to think about. And these are the very things that Greg and Aaron wrote about in their book, Reconnected, Moving from Roommates to Soulmates in Your Marriage. If you're feeling like we are functional roommates or we're business partners, there's no intimacy. What is God teaching you? And then all the other stuff in the book is so good to help you just start to practice little habits that will draw you to each other. We're making that book available to you. Uh, we'd ask that you make a donation, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount, to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. And when you do, we'll send that book out to you. Details are in the show notes, or give us a call, 800-A-FAMILY. Oh, and by the way, um, the conversation starters that were referenced in the clip with Jim and me, uh, talking with Greg and Aaron, we're going to link over to those in the episode notes as well. So lots there for you in the show notes. Next time, you'll hear how God restored a relationship that Mark and Jill Savage thought was gone after an affair. For now, on behalf of Greg, Aaron, and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.